Thank you, uh, Dr. Freimeyer, for that invitation and that introduction. Every time he introduces me, I keep on feeling like I need to go back to my library and do further study <laughs> because uh, I suddenly feel like I don't measure up. In fact, the other day, after Dr. Freimeyer preached and my son was here, he heard him preach and he came to me and said, Dad, I hate to admit this to you, but Dr. Freimeyer is a much, much better <laughs> preacher than you are. And I said, well, thank you very much. He's supposed to be better than I am. He studied this thing. I have studied philosophy, so I'm not necessarily a preacher uh, in that regard. But I do some preaching, so thank you again for that invitation. Uh, as you all know, my wife and I have, gone, have been going through some very difficult time. In fact, exactly a year tomorrow will be the time when she received her diagnosis. So Valentine's Day <laughs> comes to us as a, a strange time for us because we, we got the diagnosis immediately after Valentine's Day. And what I can tell you is God has been faithful. During this walk, the first time we got the news, I mean, I was hit very hard. And my wife had dealt with it in her own way, so she turned out to be the more stable person, and so I needed to be counseled. And so she took the time to do that on me. But for the past year, it has been quite a walk. It has been a walk of extreme emotions and feelings and difficult times. It has taken me back to the Bible afresh. It has taken me back to my own faith afresh, as in to examine exactly what my faith is all about. You see, C.S. Lewis warned us uh, and told us that you don't know what or how much you are willing to believe something until believing that thing becomes a matter of life and death to you. You don't know whether you believe that a rope that could be used to cord a little cotton box is strong enough until it becomes the very device by which you hang on a cliff. And then you begin wondering whether that rope is strong enough to suspend you and keep you safe. And you don't know whether your faith is strong enough until it becomes the object by which your life depends on. And today I come to you with this passage from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 29, all the way to verse 34, as a way of trying to see if we can use that passage as a model for helping us to navigate through difficult situations and circumstances in life. I come from a background that was subjugated to some form of slavery and servitude by the colonial government. I was raised in Kenya. My parents knew the brutalities of colonialism. And sometimes colonialism from the British government came in some kind of encapsulation with Christianity, so that it became very difficult to distinguish the difference between colonialism and Christianity. 
And I would remember asking my parents, how did you know the difference between what Jesus said and what the colonialists said? And they said, the key difference that we began to see in the life of the colonialist is the fact that the colonialist would not give us bread when we prayed to them. But Jesus would suddenly <laughs> give us bread when we prayed to him. And that's how we began to notice the difference between the colonialist's authority and the authority of Jesus Christ. And so when we began to compare the power of Jesus Christ to the power of traditional beliefs, we realized that, guess what? This Jesus is much more powerful even than our traditional beliefs. He seems to come forth more faithfully than what we have believed in the past. It's not that he came to us and said, get rid of tr your traditional beliefs. He just rendered them useless. And so we saw from our own selves that we just needed to set those aside because when Jesus came, he came with such force, such authority. He did it for us. Jesus did for us what the colonialists could not do. Jesus did for us what our own traditional religion could not do. And I come to you as a person who has felt, known, experienced the power of the gospel in my own way, not necessarily in a way that you have experienced it, but in my own way, in my own context. And it is what I bring to you. And as I bring it to you, may I suggest to you that whatever you countenance in life, the experiences you face as a student, as a professor, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a professional of some sort, let Jesus do it. Do what? Let Jesus do it for you. What's that? Let him walk you through what you cannot walk through alone. Let him carry for you what you cannot carry for yourself. Let him help you out of your situation when you cannot, even if you could, do it for yourself. For at least three reasons. Let Jesus do it for you, first of all, because no problem is too small for his attention. Secondly, because no problem is too sizable for his ability. And third, because no problem is too stubborn for his authority. Let's begin with the first one. No problem is too small for his attention. The Bible says in verse 21, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they told Jesus about her. So Jesus went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Now think about it. This is a fever. 
Now, clearly, a fever is nothing compared to cancer. A fever is nothing compared to a heart disease. A fever is nothing compared to terminal illness. Quite frankly, a fever is nothing compared to death. I was down with a fever last week. I know that it is nothing compared to cancer. My wife has been battling cancer for a whole year. I know that a fever is nothing compared to that. But whether small or big, I knew that I needed to bring it to the Lord because it was troublesome. It was nagging. It was annoying. It was irritating. But God seemed to remind me that however small the problem is, it is not too small for his attention. It is not too small for his concern. It is not too small for his books. It is not too small for heaven because he is concerned that it is troubling you. He is concerned that it is irritating you. He is concerned that it is making you uncomfortable. And that's why I tell you, let Jesus do it for you. Because no problem is too small for his attention. It might even be as small as changing a light bulb. You know you need to stand on a stool to change a light bulb. You need the help of the Lord to remain stable as you do that. <laughs> no small, no problem is too small for his attention. And that's why even when you're writing your paper, it might not be as big as writing a whole book. Still lift that to the Lord. Even when you're doing your Greek exam, you know it's not as big as going to the doctor to be examined to see whether you have cancer or not. Give that small problem to the Lord. Even when you're driving the highways and the byways, you know that you are keeping the laws, but you still need to give that problem to the Lord. You never know what you could encounter on the road. So let Jesus do it for you because no problem is too small for his attention. Let Jesus do it for you because no problem is too small for his attention. Secondly, no problem is too sizable for his ability. No problem, stated in another way, is too big for him. If you read verse 32 and 33, the Bible says that evening after sunset, the people brought all the sick and all the demon-possessed to Jesus. And then you go to verse 33, the whole town gathered at the door. That is a king-size problem. You have many, 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 many people with many, 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 many different diseases, many, many, many of them coming to you to tell you, we have all these problems, would you please solve them for us? And you're told, the whole town, the whole city of Orlando <laughs> gathered at the door of Jesus Christ. And we are told, actually, presumably, to the home of Simon, Simon's mother-in-law. And they are telling Jesus, take all our burdens, take all our weights, take all the things that trouble us. And we are told that there were demon-possessed guys there. Now, I can tell you from my, back, my African background that I have dealt with demon-possessed people. I can tell you that without a fear of contradiction. I do know that in some philosophies, in fact, some very respectable uh, evangelical theologians that I know do believe that belief in demonology and demons 
is the belief of primitive folk. Now, I can tell you that whether it is primitive or not, I have encountered demon-possessed people. I have been involved in cases where we had to pray for demon-possessed individuals. And it was not easy. It was a king-size problem. I don't know how you feel about the weight of your burden. I have had my own share of pain. I have had my own share of sorrows. Chances are you too are having your own share of pain and your own share of sorrows and your king-size problem that you really believe you are probably the most troubled individual on earth. It is possible that you think that way. But may I suggest to you that before you call the doctor to tell him what your problem is, before you call the lawyer to tell him what your problem is, before you call your counselor to tell, you what the, or to tell him what your problem is, before you even call the policeman to tell him what your problem is, May I suggest to you that you call on Jesus and let him do it for you because no problem is too sizable for his ability. He can lift burdens that you cannot lift alone. He can carry weights that you cannot carry alone. He can walk you through paths that you cannot walk alone. He can make you stable when you could not be stable by yourself. Let Jesus do it for you first of all because no problem is too small for his attention. Secondly, no problem is too sizable for his ability. Third and finally, no problem is too stubborn for his authority. The Bible says Jesus healed many diseases. It continues to say Jesus cast out many demons. He would not let the demons speak. If you look at the original rendering of that passage, they kept on wanting to speak. They were too stubborn. But he kept on not letting them speak. He kept on stopping them because they knew who he was. C.S. Lewis warns us about demonology. He says this, that there are two extremes you can take. I believe it's in the screw tape letters. The first mistake you can make is to believe they don't exist. Big mistake. The second mistake you can make is to take an unhealthy interest in them. Seeing a demon behind every bush. I remember when I was a student studying Bible and theology back in my home country, we used to cast demons just about everywhere, cast them out. In fact, we would sit in class and we would feel sleepy and you'd hear somebody binding the demon of sleep and asking the demon of sleep to go away. When in fact the person had overeaten and blood had left his head and was going to digest his food so he felt sleepy and he was blaming the devil for it. That can happen. The danger of seeing demons behind every bush. That is something we are being warned against. But when you do encounter them, they are stubborn. They are stubborn. And I have encountered them. I have experienced them. I have seen them. 
One time we were trying to cast off a demon from somebody, <laughs> and we did not go in prayer. We just went physically to try and subdue him. All he did was just this, and we were flung across the room. He was very strong. Now, if that sounds strange to you, that's okay. It's Black History Month. I might as well tell you about my experience. <laughs> We've encountered them. But when you pray and call on the name of Jesus, you begin to see the authority of Jesus at work. When you call on the name of Jesus, you begin to see them squirm. When you call on that name that is above every name, you see them beginning to fear because that is a name that gave them a beating. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and baptize them, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, lo, I'm with you always till the end of the age. And Scripture reminds us that that is a name that is above every name. So when you hear demons tremble at the mention of his name, don't doubt them. They mean it. It is a powerful name. Let Jesus do it. No problem. It's too small for his attention. No problem. It's too sizable for his ability. No problem. It's too stubborn for his authority. What weight are you carrying right now? Big or small? Strong or weak? Light or heavy, bring it to Jesus. Let him do it for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.